Welcome to Lumin Fidei, your podcast to help you discover new ideas about the life of a Catholic. This is Malena, and I have with me... Carolyn. And Mark. And we hope you're doing good and keeping safe and enjoying the beautiful day that our Lord has granted us today. We are three regular Catholics working in living a better life every day with the guidance of God. We are hoping to share with you different discussions of topics related to our faith or that are are challenging for us as Catholics to understand. How might we be able to live a better life with a Catholic fundamentals? We are hoping also to share a positive side of Catholicism and hoping that whoever is listening, you can learn that as Catholics, we also have different perspectives on how to live a Christian life within this contemporary world and how much we continue to learn every day to live a better life as a Catholic. Please remember to visit us at luminfide.com and subscribe to our podcast. Send us your questions uh, as well as we love to hear your ideas or perspectives on what we have discussed at Patreon uh, to Patreon at luminfide.com. Hello, welcome back to uh, Lumen Fide, our, our podcast about uh, being Catholic and Rural Manitoba. Uh, today we're going to be talking about St. Carlo uh, Actuus and his uh, devotion to the Eucharist. Um, his, his kind of his model, his guiding thought was to always be close to Jesus. That's my plan. And he went through that with everything he did. Um, he showed an extreme devotion to Mary, the Eucharist, and daily Mass attendance. And in recognizing the importance of the Eucharist and just the beauty of it, he wanted to compile a list of all of the Eucharistic miracles that have happened. Now, when you hear that, you think of some wizened old monk sitting in a, in a monastery somewhere. But this fellow was born in 1991. He died in 2006, so he was 15 years old. And he was very much a product of our current time. He was involved in all the, the whiz-bang games and stuff that kids normally do his age. But he also recognized the, the, the primacy of believing in, in Jesus. And that's, I think, what we're, where we're going to start. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad we're discussing this topic in light of the Feast of Corpus Christi, too, which is coming up very soon. Uh, so we celebrate that on Sunday, even though some other dioceses celebrate it on Thursdays. But the Feast of Corpus Christi, as we probably all know, is the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. So the centrality of the Eucharist in our in our lives today is, is the topic. So, yeah, let's maybe let's start with Milena. <laughs> what was your impression of the documentary? Uh, well, first of all, I, I it reminded me of the story that my mom used to tell me when I was a little girl because I was always curious and asking questions. And there was one time I remember, is he really there? <laughs> is he really there in that in 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 the bread on Sundays? And he, she, my mom, told me the story about this priest that had doubt on on when he was blessing the the blood, the wine, and the bread. And he wondered, is this really his his flesh? And suddenly uh, his hands started dripping blood and he looked up and there was a piece of meat there that later on, even in the documentary, it says there that 
obviously with the advances advancements that we have in technology nowadays, we can see that they do different type of studies to those fleshes. That is not only the only case that my mom told me, but in the documentary that we saw of Carlos Acutis, I think the curiosity of him to to understand, even at the time, maybe when the, there was not the internet that we have right now, to be curious to go and research all the different cases of priests around the world when maybe they had a doubt or there was an issue that there keeps happening the same miracle, mm-hmm. the same miracle of producing this flesh. And when you actually, scientifically speaking, see it and start analyzing the cells and the tissue, is is heart muscle of the heart so it's always the same it's always the same so mm-hmm. I, I thought for me is that connection of that scientific world uh, that is provided by god you know all the things that we have is provided by god yes there's scientifically you know explanations for it but it's always the catalyst is who he is right he is who he is he mm-hmm. is the God, right? Yeah. So that that for me was that connection. I'm like, oh, now I can actually refer to when people are wondering about is he really there in the Eucharist? Well, I will be. I will recommend people to go and find out about Carlos Acutis' uh, study. Uh, so that they can learn more about these different presences throughout the world, right? So that's what I that's what I connected right away. Nice. Me. And God bless him for having. That desire in his heart to share that information, which only helps our faith, right? Like I think a lot of us maybe go to mass on Sunday and there were recent studies that came out that talked about, you know, up to 70% of Catholics ourselves, we don't believe in the real presence of Christ Mm -hmm. in the Eucharist. And you think, why are you coming to church on Sunday then? Is it just for, you know, nice words maybe in, in the gospel message or... You know, if Christ isn't the source and summit of your life, you know, it's good to be asking that that kind of a question and maybe one that within the framework of the new evangelization, which Blessed Carlo was obviously contributing to, you know, how how do I receive the Eucharist on Sunday? Reflecting on that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because my son and I uh, were having a discussion. This was quite a while ago. And he asked me, he says, Dad, what is that that we eat on at church? Wow. And I said, it's the body and blood of Jesus. And, okay, you know, he accepted it. But he used to come to church with me quite willingly. But I think that's bothering him. Mm. That it's, it's like, how can it be blood and, and, and flesh when – so he's, he's like, he's a very literal kid. So he's taking this – as it's meant to be, that this is the body and blood of Jesus. He doesn't know about, like, he doesn't, he's not, I'm, I'm interpolating here, but I think he's questioning, like, how do you eat that? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting that, that even though he's questioning it, it's it's a matter of, I, I see it as a sign of faith that he's not taking it lightly. That's great. Which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned about your, your son and, um, this morning, there was a St. Augustine Institute had a free conference, actually, about Corpus Christi. 
And I, I, I had the chance to play it before I came to record this podcast today. <laughs> so it was very interesting because maybe that's something that your son is interested on is, is that echo, that typology from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And through the, throughout the conference, uh, the, oh, great. It was so full of information from obviously Dr. Ram Pitred, uh, uh, the president of the San Agustin, that Tim team, Gray. Tim yeah. Gray. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And there was another lady that I forgot that I never listened to her. And it was super good because she, she reflected more into the daily life. And, and was our, that Dr. Mary Healy? Yes, mm -hmm. it, absolutely it, great. But what I really like about it is, is they went chapter by chapter on the, on, on those reflections. Again, but in a half an hour story, basically. Wow. So maybe that's something they, they mentioned about the manna from heaven in the Old Testament and how Jesus says those words after the multiplication of the bread on the mountain. So it was very interesting. Maybe that's something that your son could be very interested because if he's, I crave for that, that explanation sometimes when I was younger. And, 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 and I have to say that the answers that I got when I was younger is like, oh, you're not allowed to ask that question. I'm like, well, well, oh. why? You know, like you're denying me. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just wondering, right? Can mm -hmm. you give me an explanation of why we do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So for example, my mom, when she told me that story for me, it's like, I do believe you. Right. But is that faith? Faith mm -hmm. is in the center of everything. And mm -hmm. in the morning they were mentioning about how it's so important to teach the kids about when they go to First Communion before mm -hmm. that to really explain them who is actually there. Because mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Caroline, is, is a lot of us, you know, we don't believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And we think, or maybe we haven't thought about it, it's something that should change us. Every single Sunday, every time we receive Holy Communion, maybe some of, some of us are lucky, perhaps not now, but in general to attend Mass during the weekdays that we can actually receive God into our souls, into our hearts every single day. I mean, that's an amazing gift. And it's something that he promised us would be transformative. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not seeing that transformation in our life, in our lives, how are we blocking that grace that Christ wants to give us? Within the Eucharist, there's healing in every reception of the whole, of Holy Communion. There's, there's extra grace that we need to live out the day, the week, our entire lives. So if we're not seeing that transformation every week, I think it's a reflection on us. How do we need to change? What kind of dispositions, what prayerful hearts do we need to have so that Christ can work his grace within us? Because that's what he wants from us, right? He wants us to become more like him. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, and that's one of the things I've, one of the things I really enjoy about doing this podcast is I'm doing reading that I never would have done otherwise. But more importantly, I'm thinking about it in a much different way than if I just sat at home and read it to myself. And when you... Um, That's okay. You know, you just inspired me because this morning they mentioned about the the road to Emma, Emmaus. 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 I say it in Spanish, right? <laughs> but it was about Cleopas walking with this other person that we believe is his wife because they were going back home, right? And I, they mentioned that they were 
They were in a homily. They were discussing. A, a homily is a discussion of the, is he really like, did we went through all of these and he's dead on the cross, cross, right? So there was this guy that came next to him. But it just reminded me the homily. When I hear that, I thought about us and I, I thought about our discussions, right? That it doesn't, um, you know, how can you live at home that life of, of Jesus, right? That message, mm-hmm. you know, could you just pick up this passage like we did today and we're just discussing uh, what we understood and then seeing Dr. or hearing Dr. Brown, Petre and Tim, Tim also mentioning how at home they have these discussions too. So I think this is what we're missing sometimes, you know, we're missing the encouragement to go out and read something. And I think this gets back to what you were saying, Carolyn, about 70% only don't think it's really Jesus there. It's because we have a grade school understanding yeah. of our faith, most of us. And that that's kind of why this is, to me, is taking us beyond that grade school is we're having the opportunity to look at stuff and review it and I think and presenting it here because you've got to think even more about it. I can't remember who said it, but it was, I understand to believe and I believe to understand. And that's very much when people say science and religion, well, no, no, it's the same thing. I just sounded like Bishop Barron there. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm in his league. (laughs) I think even if we look at it too, kind of on a a basic level, what what is something we all do? We all gather for meals together Mm -hmm. as families, as friends when we can. And we sit around and we talk, right? How, how enjoyable is that? And why, why can't we come with that same excitement and love of the company of the people around us when we show up on Sundays for mass, right? We we're together as a community and, you know, maybe we're fortunate enough to have a night's breakfast afterwards and continue that. But if we really understand and, and just love the Eucharist and that the Eucharistic celebration, I mean, it's, it's something that you can look forward to every Sunday. It's not it's not a chore of, oh, I have to go to church this morning. No. It's it's my favorite day. You know, oh. it's and why wouldn't you want to start your week off gathering together as a as a parish family and thanking God for all the blessings that we have, especially the blessing of the body and blood of of his son Jesus. Yeah, imagine if you made a meal for your family. And they, oh, do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> like, that would hurt you. I can't imagine how it hurts Jesus to say, yeah. oh, well, it's, it's too much of a bother. That hour a, a week is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a really uh, famous quote. I think it's by St. Maximilian Kolbe that I've, I've come across a few times. And it's if something to the effect of if angels could be jealous of men, which is a uh, something I'd never contemplated before. It would be for one reason, Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. Do we want to discuss that a bit? Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned angels because <clears throat> maybe this is something that you need to really start learning more further about our our faith to start knowing who are our angels and mm. why why is the presence. Um, and it is it is. You know, it is a give and get, I think, I believe, because, well, the angels are with God. Yeah, they're in the presence <laughs> exactly. of God. And they can hear him and talk to him. But we 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 can't or maybe a few of us that they're really saint, you know, they can. Right. Uh, but with great power comes great responsibility. I always think about it. So imagine if you that happened. 
a great responsibility on your shoulders, right? But I th- I think about it well. They're in the presence of God, but they cannot have them in his in their heart. And us, well, we might not be in the presence of the Lord here on earth, physically speaking, because he's always here with us. It's just our naiveness and silliness that doesn't see it. But then I I, I see but when if we're good and, and we do our own life the way God wants it, us to live it, then we're going to get to see him. So we can have both scenarios too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A while ago, I can't remember who, who suggested it to me, part of the podcast I was listening to, but the, uh, the person said, uh, just as kind of an exercise, is to every person you see that day, rec- see if you can recognize Jesus in that face. And I actually said that to our, my catechism students. I said, you know, this, this weekend, just spend one day and look at the everybody around you and try and find Jesus in their, in, in their face. And they didn't report anything back, so I don't know how well that went. But it hopefully it made them think that, yes, we're, we're, we're physically distanced, but unlike the angels, we are made in the, the image and likeness of God. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to, to participate in the body and blood of our Lord. Um, yeah, I can see the angels being jealous. We should be jealous that we don't take advantage of that. Yeah. The other thing is, it remind me what question that my, the catechism kids asked me. It's like, do we become angels when we die? And I'm like, I know the parents are saying this. I know very well. And I'm going to contradict the parents right now. <laughs> what is the best way to say that, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, well... Not quite. Maybe we're going to be where the angels are, right? But we're not angels. Yeah, different creatures. Right? Different species. Yeah, exactly. Because we're human. So we, they say, well, can we become angels? Well, it's kind of like angels, but it's not angels. I always say that. It's kind of like that, you know? Mm-hmm. You're divine because you're right next to God and you did your deed here and in the earth. You were good, etc. So you deserve to be next to the angels, right? So if you want to see it that way, Go ahead, but just remember, you're not going to be an angel. <laughs> we should do a future episode on angels, on angels and demons. For sure, That's right? really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I will have to read way more to understand <laughs> further about There's that. lots of stuff online, too, I always find. <clears throat> Absolutely. The other, um, what was the other thing? Uh, there was another thing that I found out about angels recently with Joseph and all the studies. I forgot. Mm. If it comes to mind, I will mention sure. it. Yeah. Mark, I'm really glad you mentioned it distancing just kind of in general if we put it within the framework of the pandemic and the fact that we all have to be you know at least six feet apart and right now we're going through a a tough time here where we are where we're not allowed to to have anyone extra at our house all of those you know support systems and family structures let alone friends and acquaintances coworkers, uh that's all disintegrated at this point and we're just kind of in a in the standstill until we can get things under control with the pandemic but when you think about the idea of presence of having people around us how much have we been affected by this pandemic where we just think to ourselves like maybe once a day or more than once a day wow i wish i could just have somebody to accompany me through this difficulty or that and here's christ offering himself every day on the cross for us as, you know, as food for our souls and the strength that we need to get through these difficulties. Let's talk maybe a bit about that, about um, the idea of presence and God's presence with us. 
and maybe how we've been affected by not being able to go to church and receive Christ in the sacraments, uh, especially within the sacrament of, of, of his most holy body and blood. Well, and maybe I, uh, I took it on a different light, right? Yes, we can all gather together. But for me, it was an opportunity to maybe connect to a different type of universal church that I never connected before because I saw the church in a small community or in our area. So now if I wanted to go and listen to the Pope and to the mass of the Pope, I can go ahead and do it. Oh, wow, this is awesome. And they, they translate it in Spanish for you if you wanted to, or in English or in Portuguese, whatever language. I'm like, great. Or if I wanted to be in, in the mass here or in the mass of my parish down in Mexico, I was able to feel more connected to my family um, than before. And provided a different perspective that not that I don't I don't need to go to church anymore. No. Is that I can I can do this anywhere at any time. Right? Now when I go to church and when I have the privilege of taking the Eucharist, now I take it in a different way. So it's more I have given it a maybe a, a, a different place in my heart for that part. Because uh, as uh, you say, you know, we don't have that anymore. And it was so taken for granted that now when we get to be in parish and having the opportunity to be there, even if you're outside in your car <laughs> looking at the beautiful flowers, <laughs> you know, that doesn't matter. You know, you're still connected with this uh, power of prayer. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's that's for me, maybe how I saw it. But I, I do believe that for a lot of people. They do need that that physical interaction for sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mark can share with us a little bit more. It's, it's interesting because we call it Holy Communion. That means you're in communion, not only with Jesus, but with all the people around you. And as whiz-bang as the technology is, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean. I, I live by myself 95% of the time. And... When they say you can't see anybody, it's really stark, and I've been, I've been struggling with it. It's been it's been uh, it's been a rough several months. Um, so when they, I think when they dismiss the, the need for community, the need to be part of that celebration, not only is there the the, the primary purpose of being with Jesus, but also being with his friends. And so you know what, we're here as a community, and. That's painful not to be in community, and, and I mean painful. It's not not like it's just a, a, a romantic notion. It is it's, it's physically discomforting. Mm -hmm. I think that really speaks to that second level of of us being in communion together. And Melina, I'm I'm so glad that you know I hear so many sad stories during the pandemic, but it seems like <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head in terms of finding the good and the positive within, you know, a really dark kind of shadowy, mm -hmm. shadowy time. We'll see how the church emerges from, from this pandemic. And, you know, maybe it'll be the case that a lot of people are going through that, that kind of self-reflection of, well, once the moral obligation to return to mass, once our dispensation is gone, you know, that question of, well, am I going to go back to mass? You know, I've gotten so used to, it's been over a year that our parishes have been closed, open, reduced, you know, whatever. Am I going to go back to mass? Why do I go to ma back to mass? And maybe this is, you know, in, in part, God's using this to kind of stir up the Holy Spirit within our souls to really reflect on 
what exactly we're doing. You know, right now we're at the bare essentials, they say. Yeah. Okay. Well, is, is your spiritual health, is that essential to you? Or is that domestic home, church, the one that we actually neglected for so long, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that we haven't paid attention so much that maybe it's the time to get us back to those roots. So mm -hmm. how the, the, the faith was passed along. It was from father to their kids, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, and, and it, it, you, I, I see the negatives too, and it's been a, definitely a transformation time for everyone around us. But as I always said, the kids or the students, you know, and try to look at the, the right side of the thing saying, well, I went through this horrible situation. What did I learn from it? Because there's always a positive thing, no matter how shitty it is, that you're going to bring out at the end, mm -hmm. that learning. And if we think about Corpus Christi, right, and about the, the Calvary of Jesus, right? So, you know, not only just by by believing in God, things are going to be just honey and sugar all the time, you know? No. <laughs> right? Just the opposite. Right? It's going to be full of uh, of obstacles. And right now, this is one of the greatest challenges that I believe we've faced in the last 100 years, maybe mm. since the World Wars and uh, on our generation, for sure. Especially oh. the younger ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's old folks, maybe not. So let's maybe close off with an invitation um, for those who maybe have some some doubts about the Eucharist. I mean, first and foremost, I remember our pastor praying, or it must be a few months ago now at least, talking about the Holy Eucharist and asking for the faith to understand. And he and he his main point in in the homily was that if you have doubts about the Eucharist, ask for that faith. For that understanding and God will give it to you. If you have faith in the Eucharist, thank God for that. Because that's not something that we've earned or done we haven't done anything special to to gain that ourselves. So be to be thankful for that, to cherish that and for to pray for a greater faith as well. And if you're looking for more information, perhaps, you know, go the way of Blessed Carlo. Look up his website. I'm sure it's still up and running. Yep, I didn't yeah. yeah. Uh, look up the different Eucharistic uh, miracles that are available. Go onto the form platform, and I'm sure they're going to post those videos from this morning. Mm -hmm. Go to the Old Testament, read through the Bible, look at the prefigurements and the typology, like how God was always present with the Israelites and how that prefigured how he's present with us today because he's still there and he He promised to be with us always, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something we, we can't, can't neglect. And if you can take advantage of adoration, do so. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's Absolutely. lots there's lots of different prayers from the saints, from the popes, lots of different writings and books. We we could list a few maybe in the show notes um, that can increase your understanding and and love of the Eucharist uh, in so many ways. We're we're really so blessed within the Catholic Church to have such a a rich treasure trove of of history and tradition to rely on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So don't forget to um, subscribe to our podcast. Send us an email if you have a question or if you don't know where to find our podcast, etc. cetera. Uh, or maybe you have a specific resource that you want to share. Don't forget to email those questions or those resources to us. Uh, we do have a blog entry that comes together with the podcast. So you can read some of those uh, resources that we actually refer to. So thank you so much for listening to us and we'll see you in the next episode. See you soon. Bye.